Next on BYU Sports Nation, making the turn in West Coast Conference play. BYU men's basketball returns home after a tough road trip to the Northwest. BYU TV College basketball expert Blaine Fowler joins us live. Why four straight home games is perfect timing for the Cougars. Plus, Cougars at the Grammys and the Olympics. Another winning weekend on BYU TV, and we play Big Deal, No Deal, Let's Go. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Bring it on, Monday, January 27th. We're up and running on BYU Sports Nation. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the Jerem Jordan. Wherever and however you may be listening, great to have you with us on BYU Radio. So the Gonzaga Bulldogs, as advertised at home, BYU falls 84-69 in Spokane, which gives the Zags 69 wins and only two losses against West Coast Conference opponents since moving to the Kennel. Gonzaga has won 22 straight overall at home, good for fourth longest streak in the country. That's pretty good. I have that as excellent. I didn't have BYU winning that game per se. I just wanted BYU to be competitive in that game. Got away from the Cougars. We'll break it down more in a moment. Other show starters. Kyle Van Noy, Cody Hoffman in the Senior Bowl. Van Noy did have a sack, made a couple of tackles. So he had a wow moment, if you will, in that game. Cody Hoffman, just one catch, five yards. Kyle and Cody, I know this, wherever they are, next fall, will be all in for a BYU win on the East Coast in late August. Countdown to Connecticut. 2-13. Yeah, we're getting it started right. It is close. (laughs) Men's Volleyball Friday night, six-match win streak for the Cougars after an 0-for-2 start in Chicago. They're finding the groove, Jerem. They're on top of the MPSF, and that was awesome Friday night. For those that missed it, 5,200 fans in the Smithfield House, most since 07 in a match. BYU won in four against a good Stanford team. BYU's got three of those six wins are really good wins, like tough, tough matches. And it was an electric atmosphere. I mean, BYU fans, when they pack the field house, it is as good as any sporting event anywhere. I mean, it's like Cameron Indoor for a Duke basketball game. That's the atmosphere. So much traction on social media about... BYU men's basketball perhaps playing an exhibition game in the Smithfield House for the volume and the atmosphere. Or women's to... basketball playing. It would be awesome. It's not going to happen because the court is not made for basketball. It's volleyball specific. And so like, there's dead spots on the court. What about like an exhibition game, though? Do you want to play an exhibition game on a poor court? No. If that atmosphere is there, yes. Fix the court. <laughs> well, okay. okay. Uh, you're talking to me? Yes. All right. Let's fix it. Let's do it. Jerem also may have said, oh, Canada, at one point. We'll reference that later in the show. Uh, Jordan Cameron, might not remember that name. Maybe you do. Has BYU ties. Cut a touchdown in the Pro Bowl. He redshirted on the basketball team at BYU in 06 and 07, then transferred to USC and uh, played football there a little bit. And then now he's in the Pro Bowl. So a former BYU basketball player catches, sort of, BYU basketball player catches a TD in the Pro Bowl yesterday. So There's Pro- always a BYU tie. Pro Bowl last night. <laughs> Grammy's on television. What were you watching, Jerem? Were you watching both. The Bachelor Wedding? Both. I was. Heck no. I was watching both of the <laughs> aforementioned <laughs> shows. Don't lie. No, I, yeah, no, no, no. I, I do you. not allow that in my home. Imagine Dragons and Kendrick Lamar. And a lot of people's minds stole the show. I mean, got it was 
an epic performance, and I don't like to use the word epic very often. That, that was uh, quite the performance from Imagine Dragons. The lead singer of Imagine Dragons, if you don't know, Dan Reynolds, went to BYU for a time. Has to, they have ties to Provo, so they killed it. It was great. Was that your favorite Grammys moment? Of course. Other than that, anything stick out? I didn't really like uh, Lord. I thought it was. I thought it was weird. I like her music. I, I just thought it was odd. Yeah, she's she's a strange. Cat. You know what? There's a lot of oddity in the Grammys. I love people that are good live, and Pink. Yeah, is ridiculously talented. Oh yeah, at it's, Mick Min Five, he loves him some Pink. It's one thing to sing on pitch, but to do it with Cirque du Soleil going on, wow! Yeah, Pink brought it. True Blue behind the scenes tonight. Jeremy, it's our big night. BYU Sports Nation All Access. Yeah, Jake Edmonds has a story on uh, the show. So check it out tonight, 8.30 Eastern, uh, behind the scenes of BYU Sports Nation tonight on BYU TV. Join our, con- True Blue. Yeah, join our conversation 24-7 by using the new hashtag BYUSN. That hashtag is all about giving BYU fans an avenue to link up across BYU Sports Nation whenever you feel like it and have a voice. Speaking of, at Looney Tunes USMC sends in this. Bengals song, hashtag BYUSN. I wish it was a Maddich Monday. I wish it was a Maddich Monday because it is a fun day. Okay, I'm going to stop now. But the Bengals, how about that, huh? Yeah, whatever you want. And that's referencing Trevor Maddich of, yeah, of ESPN. We miss Trevor. We miss his musk. 213 days till BYU plays Connecticut in college football. While you digest that special musical moment that I just gave you, sound off on today's Twitter question. Special would be the perfect word to describe that. <laughs> what do you feel BYU has to do to make the NCAA tournament? Weigh in using hashtag BYUSN. What do you feel BYU has to do to make the NCAA tournament? Win a lot of games in the next month and a half. You can listen to BYU Sports Nation weekdays, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM Channel 143, BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, and Dish Network Channel 980. Our show on demand always at BYURadio.org. The rebroadcast weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Rise and shout! It's time for a Monday edition of What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic 1. Defense matters. Stockton, the drive and the kick out. Pangos triple. Trangus, the kick out. Pangos looking for three and he's got it. That's his second of the day. Gonzaga is a good basketball team. I'm glad that you say it correctly. We learned that on Friday. And it is Gonzaga. 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 We learned that from Tom Hudson, the voice of Gonzaga Bulldog basketball. Kevin Pangos goes off in the second half, knocking down wide-open three-pointers. Look, BYU's style of play, particularly on defense, does not match well with West Coast Conference opponents. Some shocking statistics. The WCC is the best three-point shooting conference in all the land. BYU is heavily reliant on zone defense that leaves outside shooters open. So when you go with the cliche, take what the defense gives you, well, it's open three-pointers. Gonzaga, 10 for 22 from three-point, 6 of 9 in the second half. 57% from the field overall. They're the, they're the second most efficient shooting team in the entire country, so if you give them open shots, you're asking for trouble. They get good shots. That's the first thing. They put themselves in position to get open looks. Great passing. Very disciplined. Do not turn the ball over a lot. And BYU's offense is scoring points. This we know. Doug Gottlieb. Number two in America in scoring points. CBS College Basketball and as Doug Gottlieb told us last week that BYU, to take the next step, well, he knows just like everybody knows, defensive play has to improve. I just I think that at some point 
they need to show a commitment at the defensive end. If they do, they're going to win these games against teams that they have like or better talent than. BYU not taking as many three-pointers as the teams they're playing either. And that makes a difference. The Cougs, two for 11. So you look at the math and the stats on Saturday. Gonzaga shot twice as many threes. So what do you do? What do you do? You have to play better defense. And so the, the question is, is BYU's man-to-man so bad that they can't use it as much? Uh, Travis Hansen, former BYU basketball player, had an interesting tweet post-Gonzaga where he said, maybe, there, maybe it's the time to mix up the defense. Where you, the zone hasn't been crazy effective, and at times when there's good shooters, it's been tough. Guys are going off uh, like sharp for Portland, like Pangos. Pangos is the best shooter in the WCC. Uh, it's a given that he's probably going to score some points and make some shots. But to, uh, there's a difference between a contested three and an open three. And there are too many open looks. So Travis Hansen said on Twitter something to the effect of mix it up. one three one, uh, throw in a trap, throw in man-to-man, throw in zone, and see what happens. So like BYU made a change in the losing streak uh, with the starting lineup, Skylar Halford, Matt Carlino, I think that we'll see some type of change with the defense. There's just too much going on defensively to not adjust something at this point. Who has the best zone defense in all of America? Syracuse. Okay, but even Syracuse leaves shooters open. Reference the 2004 NCAA tournament game. That was nine years ago. First round against one BYU. BYU was in that game. Why? Because they could shoot the three. More than BYU's offense. They need better defense. Because... Like they said, uh, I think it was, what's her name, Carol Lawson? It do, scoring points does not matter if you can't get stops. It does not matter. My point being that even the best zone defenses leave three-point shooters open. And the West Coast Conference is the best three-point shooting conference in America. So even if BYU has great defense, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a changeup. And I believe in Dave Rose. I believe he will do whatever it takes. He's a smart guy. He's a really good basketball coach. This is still a young team. We'll have more of this with Blaine Fowler coming up in about 12 minutes. Let's keep it rolling. Topic two. Mika's back. Collinsworth looking inside. Down was there and Mika able to clean it up. Eric Mika looking like the Eric Mika of the early season. Five for nine, 12 points, nine rebounds. Four of those on the offensive glass. BYU, if there's a silver lining, they had 13 offensive rebounds to Gonzaga's three. So they were aggressive on the offensive glass. That's why they were really in the game for about 30 of the 40 minutes. Yeah, they made that big adjustment after Thomas Vandermars and company for Portland owned BYU on the boards. And that was really why that game was uh, close in regulation. So it was great to see Eric Mika back because we've talked about when he injured his hip against San Diego that he was physically hesitant. He was not the same. He looked angry. And that's the way I want Eric Mika to play. Angry! Because he's a better player that way. So to go 12-9 and nine with four offensive rebounds, that's good news for BYU. They need him to be good. Anytime I'm watching a game and I want to say the words, Give me that! It's good. It's, it's the a, appropriate level it, of it's, it's a good thing for anger. BYU. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what I want to see. Give me that! He dislikes Gonzaga. No secret there. He's told us on a number of occasions. He enjoys playing against them. What BYU player likes Gonzaga, uh, you know? And that's right. That's okay. It brought out passion. The and one play he had early in the second half, and then the facial expressions that he had throughout the game were on par. I loved it. I loved the emotion, the raw emotion that that guy had. 
when he made big plays. Solid. It's good to see him back. Big game for him mentally, progressing back to his old self post-injury. He's been banged up big time. The hip got poked in the eye in that freak accident against Iowa State. That was not next. Okay, well, that's true. Not over it! It wasn't. Those things weigh on a player's mentality. They just do. And now, I believe because he's back in the action, he's making plays, he's getting healthier, he's buying into the fact that his body is okay. You could just tell on Saturday night. Eric Mika, back. Physical inside. We need to mention Tyler Haas as well. Scores 71 points over two games in two losses. Ugh. Which is just tough to stomach. But he did his part. Yes. Seven for 15, 23 points. And Jeremy, you mentioned he had a terrible game he at was, Gonzaga last year. He was 0 for 9 last year. And so it, really, they, they shut him down. And so for Tyler to score 23 points, which, by the way, the Gonzaga student section was chanting, You're not Jimmer. At that point, Tyler had 22 points. Like, really? Jimmer had that big a scar on you <laughs> that you're yelling, you're not Jimmer? <laughs> Three or four years later? Ye shall never forget. That got to Gonzaga hard. When BYU crushed him in Denver, <laughs> that killed him. So when BYU comes to town, they're thinking about that game every time. Jimmer! Uh, Kyle Collins with quickly. Another day at the office. 13 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. BYU only had 8 assists as a team in that loss. It's not Gonzaga. BYU basketball. When BYU's assist to field goal ratio is low, it's got, it's got to be above 50% or it's not the game that BYU wants to play. Gonzaga had 21 team assists. Okay, enough of that. Let's spin it forward. Topic 3. Making the turn. Tyler Haas, 5 for 10 from the floor. He's got 14 points. Here he is again. That time he had Pangos on him and he scores over the top. BYU basketball led by Tyler Haas now on the back nine of conference play. Six of those nine happen at home. The next four in the Marriott Center. What's up with the schedule? The schedule is just so weird. San Diego plays seven of the first nine at home and then seven of the last nine on the road. Now BYU is doing this six of nine road, six of nine home. Just odd. It's rough. They yeah. had a, they had a rough road stretch, and then you add in the non conference the way that it ended late in the twenty thirteen. December BYU leaves for a month. They were gone forever. So they come back home and just in the right time. Four in a row at the Marriott Center, beginning on Thursday with Pacific, a huge one against St. Mary's on Saturday. This is big because BYU winning games at home this season by an average of twenty three. Points And you say, well, what about the West Coast Conference? In those three West Coast Conference home games, they're winning by an average of 23 points. They beat San Diego by 34, Pepperdine by 12, LMU by 23, Pepperdine and LMU without Eric Mika. It's good to be home. It just is. And at this point, BYU's got some work to do. What do they need to do to make the NCAA tournament? Really, to me, they've got to win out. They really do. Uh, and Which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. In the eight previous seasons in the Dave Rose era, no BYU team with less than 25 wins, 24 or less, has earned a berth to the NCAA tournament. For BYU to get 25, what do they need to do? They have to win out the regular season. 
and win the three in the WCC tournament, you get the auto bid. You have 25 wins. I think that if BYU won out in the regular season and got to the tournament title game, they're in. A, they're, in. they're in a decent position. They're in. I think so. I'm still not going to be comfortable at any point in the season, even if BYU wins out and then loses the tournament title. That is today's stat of the day. Going on a nine-game win streak to end the regular season would be enormous. That's really difficult. That that means you beat St. Mary's twice, home and away. And you beat Gonzaga. And you beat Gonzaga you at home. You still have nine losses, and three you, of which you are win to the rest of your games. 100-plus RPI teams. So BYU, I mean, as as good as they've done at times, their their worst is worse than the good. Does that make sense? BYU doesn't have great wins, and they, they have some good wins and some bad losses. They need, they need to beat St. Mary's twice. They need to beat Gonzaga. They need to beat everybody else. The... Margin for error is extremely small right now to get into the NCAA tournament. Okay, so when was the last time BYU won a conference tournament? Jeremy? 2001. Oof. They've only won a conference tournament three times. 91, 92, 2001. Three in the last 23 years. Therefore, BYU's due! Win it in Vegas this year. It's time. Yeah. There have not been a ton of indications that that will happen. But there are nine games left Who in the cares? WCC. I do. There, there are nine games left in the WCC. Can BYU get its act together, play better defense, get a little bit more bench scoring and consens- consistency to where Vegas, uh, BYU is a threat in Vegas? Get hot at the right time. Get to the championship game in the conference tournament, and it comes down to one game. And it's easier because of the format this year. Previously, Gonzaga and the two seed St. Mary's, would just get to the semifinal. They'd just wait for everybody to get to the semis and then win two games. Instead, there's going to be 7 through 10 playing each other, and then everyone's got to win at least three games. It's harder now. BYU on the back nine of conference play, 6 of 9 at the Marriott Center. Joining us in just a few minutes is Blaine Fowler, BYU TV analyst, college basketball expert, does games for the Atlantic 10, Mountain West Conference, and West Coast Conference. He'll tell us what the Cougars need to do to... Keep the at-large hopes alive. Plus, we're going to play Big Deal, No Deal. Five juicy one-line debates. That's coming up in just a little bit on BYU Sports Nation. Right now, let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. What do you feel BYU has to do to make the NCAA tournament at Art Director BYU? BYU's status as a fringe bubble team means they not only need to win the next nine, but NCAA chances will largely depend on how big the bubble is. Yeah, that's true. BYU's played a tough schedule. BYU has respect in the RPI, but respect only goes so far when you when you lose some games you shouldn't lose. At Jeff J, BYU. Start playing defense and win a lot. <laughs> that's the simplest explanation. Win a lot of games. Yes. yes. This is the most important, however. At Matt Hume 22. Get every player to come on BYU Sports Nation every day so they can build up loads of BYU Sports Nation karma. That's not a bad idea. In fact, I'll call it a good idea. Okay. Let's do it. At Matt SBN. Win the WCC tourney, that or pray. You should probably be praying anyways, right? <laughs> At Jordan EJ11. Don't need the drama. Just win the conference tourney. Well, that's going to be extremely dramatic. That's going to be something BYU hasn't done since 01. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Keep them coming. Tons of good stuff coming in. Next on BYU Sports Nation, aside from winning the conference tournament, what else can BYU do to maybe get to the big dance? College basketball analyst Blaine Fowler tells us next. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. 
This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live in Studio 2 on a Monday. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. I had somebody ask me, why do you guys always yell? We can hear you. Because it matters. Because I don't know what we're yelling about! <laughs> Loud noises! I don't know what we're yelling about! <laughs> yeah, I just said that. <laughs> you can also follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Tonight on True Blue with Dave McCann, Kyle Collinsworth is in studio to get ready for Pacific and St. Mary's. Blaine Fowler discusses where BYU goes from here. He'll join us in a moment. Get to know gymnast Megan Bain Tidwell and a behind-the-scenes look at BYU Sports Nation. That's the show that we're on right now. Watch Drew Blue with Dave McCann tonight at 8.30 Eastern on BYU TV and listen on BYU Radio. Viewer discretion advised. (laughs) (laughs) For entertainment purposes only. No batteries included. What do you feel BYU has to do to make the NCAA tournament? Seen a lot of just win, baby. Referencing our Al Davis and the Oakland, the the late great Al Davis of the Oakland Raiders. Let's just start with Pacific on Thursday, you know? Win that one, then go to that. The one game at a time thing (laughs) becomes a little more relevant when you lose a pair. BYU winning their home games by an average of 23 points. That's not only overall, but also in West Coast Conference play. It averages out to 23. It's a huge home court advantage. It is. Pacific, not great. Beat Pacific. Get pumped up for St. Mary's next Saturday. Matt Carlino is a much better player at home than on the road. Uh, He played really well in the Bay Area swing, but I think that he's going to play much better. BYU didn't get much from Halford and Carlino. We didn't mention this uh, earlier, but 2 for 13 combined, Carlino and Halford. Oh, 5 from 3 and 4 points. Not winning numbers. Mm. They'll be better at home. BYU shot 44% for the game, which isn't terrible. Gonzaga shot 57%. And 64% in the second half, including 6 of 9. So BYU's going to... They'll be better. They'll be better Thursday night against Pacific, who is at the bottom of the rung in the WCC. The real question is, how is BYU going to play against St. Mary's? This is the first game on Saturday, post De La Vadega. Saturday night, 9 Mountain, local time. It's a late game, 11 Eastern. If you're close to Provo, Utah, get a ticket. Pack the Marriott Center. That game has just become enormous. An enormous chance for BYU. And the BYU. mouthpiece is not on the yeah. team anymore. He's in Cleveland. Good riddance. I don't want to see that guy ever again. Because <laughs> he's a good player. What does BYU have to do to make the NCAA tournament? Blaine Fowler, BYU TV analyst, college basketball expert, spends a lot of time watching the hoops game at the university level. Blaine, what do the Cougars have to do to get into the big dance? Gosh, you know, I, I, I've been thinking about that a lot with losses last week. And, and I think... They have to go eight and one down the stretch here, and then win a couple of games. I think if they were to go seven and two, um, depending on who those two losses were to, they, they could still have an opportunity if they made a little bit of a run in the tournament. But, but I, I, I think that the goal ought to be a minimum of eight and one down the stretch. Um, that you know they could lose at St. Mary's perhaps, and uh, and if they could win the rest, if they get Gonzaga at home now at St. Mary's at home this Saturday. And remember, they, they played eight out of their last 11 on the road, so now they get a nice, comfortable home schedule. They get four in a row at home. They get on a roll. Pacific, St. Mary, Santa Clara, San Francisco, all teams they should beat at home. And I know there's a question mark about St. Mary's because they're playing pretty well right now. Um, but, uh, you know, the question is, can they go and win at St. Mary's? 
I think if they finished out and their only loss in the regular season was St. Mary's on the road, the road the rest of the way, they would still have a strong case. And, and the reason being that would get them to 21 and nine if they went eight and one. So say they go into the tournament, they get 22, 23 wins. Their preseason schedule this year was much better, much more. Um, uh, they played many more talented teams in the preseason than they did last year. They've got some decent wins. They got Stanford win. They got a Texas win. They've got some quality losses, and that that goes into effect too as they start to think about it. Some of the teams they lost to Iowa State, Wichita State. I mean UMass. These are really really good basketball teams, and Utah's a lot better than we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. And and Oregon at the time was good. They've they've kind of flopped, but but uh, they they have some quality losses. They have some inexplicable losses as well. So so to me. The goal as a team ought to be, well, obviously their goal is going to be to go undefeated down the stretch, but if they went 8-1 and one down the stretch with the only loss being at St. Mary's, I, I think they have a strong shot at that point. And I agree with you. I, I think that uh, BYU likely to, to feel somewhat comfortable would have to go undefeated, but like the stat of the day I mentioned a few minutes ago, no team with Dave Rose with less than 25 wins has made the tourney, but no team with Dave Rose has played this kind of schedule. And so although I, although I would characterize them as respectable losses, uh, there is some room for BYU to lose some but be okay. So what is, uh, how does BYU attack this week as they turn around from Gonzaga with Pacific and then, of course, the big game with St. Mary's? Well, Pacific, they, they, they just had a win against Pepperdine, but they've lost four of their last six. It's a really, really good free throw shooting team. So, so BYU's just got to defend without fouling. If you put them on the line, they're going to convert free throws, and that's going to give them an opportunity. Um, you know, they, they you have to stay in front of them because they like to attack. They're not a great three point shooting team. Uh, although in, in the last game against Pepperdine, all of a sudden they became one. They made seven of fourteen. I, I, I hate to even say that because teams that have not been great three point shooting teams, all of a sudden they play BYU. And they look like three-point All-Americans, and that's that's frustrating. Why is that to um, you? You know, I, I I have to say it's a mindset because I think that BYU has guys that are physically capable of defending, and and you have to want to defend. I think you got a lot of players on BYU's team with an offensive mindset that you know you get into this getting up and down the floor and getting this fast pace. Everybody's thinking score, and then I just don't think they have enough guys right now that are saying, I don't even care about scoring, I am going to be a defensive stopper. And for Dave Rose, he's, he's got to figure that out and get some of these guys to take on that mindset. they got plenty of scores. They lead the lead in, in scoring offense, and they're last in the league in scoring defense. Now, part of that is because of the pace they play at. Obviously, you're not going to, you're not going to lead the league in scoring offense at that pace and then also lead the league in scoring defense. If you do, you're a top-ten type of a team. But – you would hope they would be somewhere in the middle on scoring defense. Part of it is the pace, and the other part is this is just a flat-out three-point shooting league this year. It's the number one league in the country in three-point percentage, and teams aren't shy about taking them. And so, so BYU has to dig deep. Some of these guys, especially on the perimeter, are going to have to make the decision that they are going to defend their guts out for a full game and take pride in doing that. And that's what it's going to take in, against some of these tough teams that can really shoot it. I think that's what it's going to take against St. Mary's on Saturday. I, I think against Pacific, they're going to be fine. They're at home. Pacific doesn't wow me with any individual talent. You know, St. Mary's, on the other hand, has a really good inside-out game. Brad Waldo at almost 17 points a game has always given BYU problems. And you got Stephen Holt on the outside. They bring Bola Veskin, who's also a big guy at 6'7". They've got really good size. They've got depth, they've got experience, they've got guards that can shoot it. 
Um, and so that the big challenge, I would hope, would come on Saturday. I would hope that Thursday is a game that BYU can dominate, and that gets them in a good mindset for Saturday. But BYU's bigs have to play without fouling inside and defend Levesque and, and Waldo inside so they can be there. They've also got to rotate and be able to stop the ball when Holt and the other guards penetrate, and then they got to recover after the perimeter. So, so Saturday's a big task. That's a tough one. If they can gain some confidence in that win against St. Mary's at home, then I think they get on a roll here for a period of time. So by the time they go back to St. Mary's on February 15th, it's a team that I think has a chance to win there. Blaine Fowler, BYU TV analyst, college basketball expert, joining BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Blaine, the zone defense is not conducive to locking down three-point shooters. So with the West Coast Conference leading the country in three-point field goal percentage, does BYU need to change the mentality? Can they change the mentality and go man-to-man? What do you think? But It's hard to defend the three in zone unless you're Syracuse. And Syracuse can do it because they're matching up with people and they're so athletic and they're so long that they can play zone and recover in a weak side with ball movement. And they, they're guys that are in the zone playing on the ball don't let pen, you know, penetration get by them off the dribble. And so Syracuse can play zone and defend the three just fine. They're extremely athletic. That's why they get away with it. And that's what they've done for years and years and years. That's Jim Beheim's deal. For BYU, I, I think they have to get better at man. The problem has been for BYU when they're playing man, that they get beat off the dribble, penetration happens, the rotations start to happen, and their big guys in their rotations aren't decisive enough and they haven't been quick enough, and they get themselves in foul trouble. And now you've got to go to zone to keep them out of foul trouble. It especially happens on the road. And, and It's funny, you talk to coaches, and I don't know that I've ever researched this, but they'll all tell you, oh, we, like, we play a little bit of more zone on the road because we always, you always get more fouls on the road. Is that the officials or what's the deal? Or are teams just more aggressive in their home building? But um, so BYU, it's not just BYU's guards getting better at defending on the perimeter and having that mindset. Their bigs have to be more decisive. Their rotations have to be quicker. They've got to communicate better so that they can help defense without getting into foul trouble. And, and that's, so it's not just one thing about their man defense. It's multiple things. And, and I do believe they've just got to play with a little bit more confidence, and those bigs have to get over there quicker and help. And that would solve a lot. And then if you can keep them on the floor – that allows Dave Rose to play more man than zone. If you, if you get into foul trouble, all of a sudden you find yourself playing zone to protect guys from foul trouble. Blaine Fowler is on BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, I thought Tyler Haas took a step forward as a scorer in that uh, he put up 48 in triple overtime, which is third most in BYU history, tied for the most in a D1 game this year. And then in a game where he was probably his worst game as a Cougar last year, uh, against Gonzaga, 0 for 9 from the field. He scores 23. So he goes 71 points, albeit in two losses, uh, and is fourth in the country at 23.6 points per game. What kind of development have you seen with Tyler Hawes? Well, he, he's just unbelievably confident right now, and he's in the zone. He's just feeling it. The, the basket probably looks like it's four feet around to him right now. He was ridiculous in, in that three-overtime loss at Portland. I mean, that's, that's as good as I've seen anybody scoring at BYU with confidence I mean, that, that reminds you of the Jimmer days. He does a little bit different. He's not throwing up bombs, but, but he, he is a scorer, not just a jump shooter. And he works so hard without the basketball. That's what makes him special. Teammates are doing a good job of setting screens, but if you just, if you just isolate on Tyler Hawes three or four times down the floor, you'll be exhausted just watching him. The, the, he's in unbelievable shape. He's running off screens back and forth. Every team – 
is designing their defense to try to stop him. And, and Portland, you can believe that Portland said the number one job today is to not let Tyler Haas go off. And when they come in with a game plan to stop you and you go off for 48, that's just ridiculous. But it's, it's a testament to how confident he is shooting the ball. But, but more than that, it's the kind of conditioning that he has and the ability to just run off screens like the Everetti Bunny over and over and over again and not get so tired that you can't make shots. I, it was such an impressive game. And, and if BYU can make just a few free throws in crunch time against Portland, they win that game. Uh, they just... They just seem to struggle down the stretch with important free throws. But, you know, they're not a good free throw shooting team, period. Um, and, and then they just give up too many open shots in the game. I mean, here at Portland, they're a decent three-point shooting team, but they shoot 61% in that game. That's a game BYU needed to win. If, if Haas scores 48 points and goes off the way he does, you just have to make a few free throws down the stretch, and you, got, and you have to secure a couple of rebounds. Clutch times, they gave up offensive boards and second chance. To, to Portland. So, so to me, that's a game they gave away. Gonzaga took the game from a Portland. BYU gave the game away with missed opportunities. But Hawes has just been unbelievable. He's, he's the one constant. And you know what? Kyle Collinsworth has been pretty solid as well. Another day at the office for Kyle. 13 or 12 points. No, 13 points. That's right. Seven rebounds, four assists. Okay, let's talk about Eric Mika. It was a big concern last week that he wasn't mentally there because he wasn't convinced that he was healthy and he's still thinking about some demons in his mind, whether being poked in the eye or landing on his hip or getting kicked in the knee. I mean, he's been physically beat up. On Saturday, to me, it looked like the Eric Mika of the early season, where he wasn't worried about any of that stuff. He just wanted to win. How crucial is Eric Mika's performance to BYU and their success this season? Well, if, if they're going to go 8-1 and one down the stretch like we talked about and, and give themselves some confidence going into the West Coast Conference Tournament, he has to be consistently good. And part of it is confidence in him understanding what he can get away with defensively and still stay on the floor and not get fouls. And, and we saw him figure that out over this last week. That could be a big, a big, big thing for BYU. Because um, I think part of it was in the back of his mind, am I still hurt? But I think the other part is, Gosh, I can't figure out these stupid officials. I, I don't know what I can get away with. So how aggressive can I be and stay out on the floor? Is that you because or you Eric the, calling them stupid? It was Eric, not me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was speaking in Eric's voice. I there you go. Stupid. I said, who was doing the game? And, and wasn't Mike Reed and those guys? And, yeah, it was Mike Reed. Those are, the officials at Gonzaga were good officials. That was a good crew. Um, but, uh, yeah, sometimes I can't say that at these WCC games. I walk in and I go, who are these guys? Who are these stupid <laughs> officials? Yeah, and then I watch the game and I go, oh, my goodness. But um, he, I think he struggled with confidence and understanding what the officials are going to call on him and how he can be aggressive defensively and be a force and stay on the floor. And, and they, he just, he's a young player. Young players, freshmen, usually are not great defenders. That's, they're always great offensive players. When you're, when you're a five-star recruit coming out of high school, you can score, but you're not necessarily a good defender, and that's something you learn. And I, I saw light bulb go on this last week with confidence and his aggressiveness playing. If he can carry that over, that will help them. And then they've got to get some consistency from the other guards outside of Kyle and uh, Collinsworth and the Haas. I mean, you look at Halford and Carlino, the up and down of those guys makes a big difference. They were really good in the Portland game. BYU had a chance to win on the road, 38 points combined. Um, and then they come back in the Gonzaga game, they're combined 2 of 13 and 14 points. Halford and Carlino can't be 2 of 14 and, and, and have four points 
and BYU have a chance. Um, puts too much pressure on everybody else. They've got to contribute a little bit better. Blaine Fowler, we appreciate the time. Good stuff. And we will see you tonight on True Blue, 830 Eastern with Dave McCann. All right, guys. Great to talk to you. Thanks, Thanks Blaine. Blaine. Up next, was Eric Mika's performance in a loss really a big deal? What about Kyle Van Noy's senior bowl performance? This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Nate Austin and the Cougars coming back home. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live in Studio 2 tonight on True Blue. All access, baby. That's right. BYU Sports Nation featured tonight on True Blue, 8.30 Eastern with Dave McCann. Kyle Collinsworth is in studio. Blaine Fowler will break down Pacific and St. Mary's and get to know gymnast Megan Bow. 8.30 Eastern on BYU TV and listen on BYU Radio as well. <laughs> Please do that again. Bow. Do you feel it, <laughs> BYU Basketball. Back home for four straight at the Marriott Center. Six of their next nine will be played in the friendly confines in Provo, Utah. Blaine Fowler just joined us. He said BYU needs to go 8-1 and one to finish the regular season and win two conference games at the WCC tournament in Las Vegas to feel a measure of comfort for their at-large hopes. That would be 10-2 and two over their final 12. They would finish with a record 24 of 20, or 23 or 24. Yeah, something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, 23 and 10 23 and in 10. the title game. Yes. If they're 23 and 10 and playing in the title game, oh, man, I think it's hard to leave BYU out. Historically, under Dave Rose, that would get you in. That would get you in. Because BYU hasn't played this toughest schedule. But I'm wondering how big the bu- bubble is. That it, Like, it, every year it's different. We've got Cougars and the Grammys coming up. Winning weekend for BYU men's volleyball and women's basketball as well. Our Twitter question today is, what do you feel BYU has to do to make the NCAA tournament? What do you feel? A large number of you are just saying, win. And win a lot. Now, a tweet I want to get to right now is at Hurst Dwight. He said, 9-0 and win out or invent a time machine and go back to play an unbeaten season? One as likely as the other. I'm not saying BYU is going to do it. I'm just saying that's what BYU likely needs to do. So, yeah, it's the chances that BYU goes 9-0 and and wins out in the regular season. Not likely. But BYU can build up enough continuity and consistency and better play to be streaking into Vegas, no pun intended, so that BYU plays well uh, and can get to the title game and maybe win it. That's the point. 9-0, and probably not going to happen. But if BYU can play well and get into Vegas with momentum, now we're talking. We're doing it big on a Monday. Let's debate, Jerem. Big deal. No deal. Five one-liners with serious debate appeal. We throw out a sentence surrounding current hot topics in BYU Sports Nation's community. And then Jerem and I decide if it's a big deal or no deal. Debate this, number one. BYU is 5-4 and four with three their three biggest conference games left. Huge deal because there is still huge opportunity out there for BYU. That is a big deal. Yeah, 5-4, and four, they've lost four conference games. We all know that's a big deal. No, no debate there. But the fact that they have the three biggest left gives them an opportunity to go and make a point to the nation. Big deal. 5-4, and four, yeah, that's a big deal. 
in no way, shape, or form is no deal involved in this because BYU has to win, and they have to win all three of those games, in my opinion. Blaine Fowler said he thinks that BYU can lose at St. Mary's. I think BYU needs to win it because they need to do something that's unexpected, and the unexpected is win a good road game. Number two. BYU plays six of the last nine games at home. If you missed the first part of the show, then shame on you. But let me, let me bring it up. That's a big deal because they win home games by an average of 23 points this season. They beat San Diego by 34, LMU by 23. BYU playing on their home court is a big deal. That will give them an opportunity to relax, get the winning mojo back, and keep the at-large hopes alive. Big deal. You know what the bigger deal is? The scheduling. Why in the world is it so lopsided one way or the other? Surely there was a way to figure it out. I don't know. Uh, So big deal. BYU plays much better at home. The only loss this year at home was to a ranked Iowa State team by two, 88-90. BYU is going to play better at home. Number three. Eric Mika's 12-9 against Gonzaga. That's a big deal. We've, we've just harped on that five minutes ago. Eric Mika's mentality is back. The fact that he goes nearly a double-double on the road against Gonzaga, coming off his injuries, and, and Blaine Fowler said it too. If BYU's going to win games, they need to have Eric Mika as a consistent producer inside. He had four offensive rebounds. He was The hustle plays were there. Big deal. Eric Mika is back. I'll go no deal because I expect Mika to do this, and he needs to do it. Uh, the fact that he did it was was good. BYU needs that. They're going to have to have that if they have any shot at getting the NCAA tournament. So no deal for me. How can that be no deal? Because Number that's what he's supposed to do. Number four. Kyle Vanoy's senior bowl performance. Big deal. And I'm not talking about just the game. He had a sack. Yay, that's good. We know Kyle can, can get a sack. His practice performance was huge. And Ziggy Ansa, he, had, he was the spectacle last year for BYU. He was the... Defensive MVP of the game. Kyle Van Noy wasn't the MVP, but what he did during practice was a huge deal. Kyle Van Noy helps his draft stock at in Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl. No deal. I don't care about stuff that doesn't happen outside of games. Can the guy play football or not? Watch the game film, and then if he's not a known commodity, like a Ziggy Ansah or the aforementioned Jordan Cameron, who didn't play much at USC, then you can raise your stock if people don't really know you. But guess what? People know that Kyle Van Noy can ball, so anything that he does in the Senior Bowl doesn't really matter. No deal. Number five. BYU Volleyball's six-match win streak. No deal. As much as I want to say big deal, it's just no deal right now because outside of BYU, nobody's talking about this team. They need to continue to win games against highly ranked teams, and then the conversation will start. The 0-2 start kind of bumped them off the radar. I want to say big deal, but right now for me, no deal. I think it's a big deal because BYU has wins against Long Beach State, who is number one, at Irvine, and then Stanford. Those are three solid wins after BYU lost two. The fact that they lost a first-team All-American and have sort of answered that question makes it so it's a big deal. The biggest deal is not the ranking. It's that BYU is number one in the MPSF at 6-0. and Great start, but you're right. A lot of volleyball to play. What do you feel, BYU? Okay, that wraps up big deal, no deal. Solid debate. And if you want to join no in the conversation, deal. use the hashtag BYUSN. Anytime, 24-7, that avenue is there for you. Also, Omaha, Omaha. what do you feel Super Bowl week. BYU has to do to make the NCAA tournament? You're trying to throw me off my game. I am. You I'm, can't. Ca- I'm Peyton Manning. I'm calling out. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be the opposing Buck linebacker. <laughs> 
What do the Kooks have to do to keep their at-large hopes alive? Can they do anything at Chess Sports? Let's go back to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. He says, win out and or win the West Coast Conference Tournament. Yeah, you, you would assure. They could lose every game and win the West Coast Conference Tournament and still stop with the bird noises. <laughs> A 10-plus... Oh my goodness. A 10-plus loss Listen, West Peyton, Coast Conference team will never get an at-large bid. It's not that kind of a conference. That's here's a great the, point. Here's the caveat, though. Look at their strength of schedule. Yeah, a WCC team does not normally play that strong a schedule. Yes. So this is an interesting year. Will BYU be in a position where they're on the bubble? And we'll see. is going to have to win a bunch of games to even get to that point. They got the right schedule to do it coming up. At WCC Boards. In other words, if BYU has the RPI and the quality wins, it won't matter. They just need to win. How, BYU can rack up, count them, three more quality wins in the regular season. And it could be four, uh, four, maybe five. If BYU's the three seed going into Vegas, wins the quarterfinal, and then would play St. Mary's likely, that'd be a fourth quality win, and then Gonzaga a fifth. So the opportunity is there, but BYU's got to win. You've got to beat Pacific, you've got to beat St. Mary's, and go from there. Just win. At Greg Crab, win the rest of their games and make it past the first round in the West Coast Conference tourney or win the West Coast Conference tourney Those outright. Those are two very different things. Yes. Just winning the first versus winning all three. Yeah. BYU's got to get, uh, are we in agreement on this, that BYU has to at least get to the conference title? I, that's at most also. but If they win nine in a row and then win the first game, if they win 10 games in a row. And then lose and the, then lose the second round. Like, I still think that they, they're... Really? Yes. Because they've won 10 straight. But then they, lo- but then they lost. They didn't, they didn't even get to the final but the, but of, their, they won, of the WCC. But they won 10 straight games and beat St. Mary's twice and Gonzaga. If you don't get to the WCC tournament title game, you're not good it, enough to make the NCAA tournament <laughs> in most cases. The, the WCC was a three-bid league two years in a row. I don't. It's. I don't see it as a three bid league this year. St. Mary's has some, uh, some work to do. BYU even more work to do. Uh, this is coming in just from at at Kevin Nixon thirty three, a BYU legend who made a shot in one of those conference tournament title games. My hero, Craig Bollerjack, oh, called that, it. Was that for the tournament title or the semifinal? That semi-final? was for the championship against UTEP. Ninety two, I believe. Yes. Like a 55-footer. He says, this is what Kevin says, I think Jerem and Spencer need to go to lunch and work out their differences. We do almost every day. <laughs> Very good. Nice to have Kevin Nixon on the show. Use the hashtag BYUSN to join the conversation. Coming up, a Cougar takes home the gold. Is it a preview of things to come at the Winter Olympics? Find out in the Cougar Whip Around next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. Rise and shout, Cougar fans. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Football 213 days away. It's coming up quick. Connecticut right around the corner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here. You know what time it is, man? Uh Uh-huh. Time to whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Volleyball. BYU's on a six-match win. BYU up two sets to one, trying to close it out. Stanford on BYU's heels. Look at that pass. Henniger! <laughs> oh, Canada! <laughs> Our home and native land! Wow. Henniger with 11 tonight, second most on the team in his first career start. I hate interrupting myself. <laughs> BYU's on a six-match win streak after stuff like you just heard. 
a four-set win Friday against number six Stanford in front of 5,200 fans. That, that was, was nuts. Awesome. Nuts. The most in the Smithfield house since 07. Saturday, BYU swept Pacific Cougars 6-0 in MPSF play. And on top of the conference. Oh, Canada! Football! Kyle Van Noy had two solo tackles, including a sack in the Senior Bowl Saturday. Big deal. Cody Hoffman had one catch for five yards. No deal. Women's basketball. Sojan Harry feeds it to Bailey. Little give and go. And look at that play. BYU women beat Santa Clara by 17 Saturday, led by 18 points from Morgan Bailey. BYU hits the road this week to play St. Mary's and Pacific. Cougars in the Olympics. In the final race before the Winter Olympics in Sochi in a couple of weeks, BYU sophomore and Luge Coog, Kate Hansen won the World Cup over the weekend. She is the first American to do so in Luge in the past 17 years. Oh, by the way... She's been on the show. The Sports Nation karma lives on. Cougars at the Grammys. Dan Reynolds, one-time BYU student. We don't care if they finished, just said they came here. Uh, Lead singer of Imagine Dragons. Nailed it at the Grammys. Fantastic. Imagine Dragons, a huge deal worldwide right now. They had a tremendous performance uh, at the Grammys. So Cougars at the Grammys making the whip. Dan today. Reynolds went to the same mission as one of your former BYU TV PAs. That's right. Corey Aldis. PA meaning production assistant as opposed to physician's assistant. Uh, let's hand out a rise and shout. Kate let's Hansen, you just mentioned it. Oh, dude. World Cup gold and a feature article in the LA Times. If you missed that article, it's tremendous. Uh, BYU Sports Nation tweeted it out uh, earlier this morning around 7, 7.30. Got to read it. She's a BYU sophomore. She's been on the show. She's the BYU alumna uh, or alumni of any kind in the Winter Olympics. Do you know the other guy uh, involved in the Olympics as BYU tie at all? Somebody doing broadcast. Yes. Uh, oh, he's Todd, Todd Harris. Harris. Todd Harris. That's Todd right. Harris is doing snowboarding. Yes. For NBC, BYU alumnus. Awesome. When you're doing snowboarding, you can use words like sick. That was just disgusting. Steve Vale should, should be on snowboarding in the Olympics. Our men's volleyball analyst. Wow. Wow. Gnarly, bro. <laughs> oh, man. What do you feel BYU basketball has to do to make the NCAA tournament? That is our Twitter question. And we go back to the Twitter machine. You've got tweets. At BYU Sports Nation, how about win a game against a better-than-average team? Hey, they beat, they beat Texas. Texas is doing BYU tons of favors right now. They beat Stanford. Utah State's not a bad team either. They just about knocked off 7th-ranked San Diego State. Maybe lately is what uh, at three put Okay, what have you done boogie. for me lately? Yeah, at Bridger Hill, guard the three, make threes, play D, add LeBronson, don't foul out, make free throws, win out, and a strong showing in the conference tournament. It's that simple. It's that <laughs> simple. At J.N. Whiting. Wait till next year. Unfortunately, <laughs> oh. they have no defense and lack depth. Don't see them making it. The chances, you know, BYU's got some work to do. Chances are they don't, but there's the window is barely open. There's still a chance. At Laser Sheep, the Cougs will have to now win the conference tournament. I think Portland, LMU, and Pepperdine losses now condemn the Cougs. If the Cougs do, however, win all remaining regular season games, it will depend on how they play. At, Hashtag at large is a stretch. Yes. Now I'm, now I'm cutting you, you off. If you win out, you're in a position. At Warfasaur. That's good. <laughs> win the West Coast Conference Tournament or win out all the remaining games with accompanying Gonzaga losses. It's as simple as that. Oh, win, that, baby. It's as simple as that. Just beat Pacific Thursday. Let's start there. Get her done. 
Thanks for our guest today, Blade Fowler, and everyone on our crew, as always. Producer Ben Bagley, Senior Coordinating Producer Michael Miner, Station Manager Don Line, Production Assistants Alan Miller and Spencer King, and our engineer Aaron Evans. Check out our new BYU Sports Nation Instagram and all sorts of show links and good stuff on our Twitter accounts and Facebook pages. You can also listen to episodes of the show on demand at byuradio.org. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton, and we have just thrown down on a Monday edition of BYU Sports Nation. No deal.